Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio Classics, where we listen to an old episode with a new intro. This episode, I'm actually going to do an outro like I did yesterday's episode. And if you haven't listened to the second half of yesterday's episode, it's its own episode. It's about 20 minutes, 25 minutes of additional information, follow-up stories, and stuff like that. This one is also really long. It's almost as long as the actual episode. If you guys are interested in the behind-the-scenes stuff, really recommend sticking around for the aftermath of this episode, because I really like director's commentary. I think this is a cool idea. Even though I came up with it, I pat myself a lot on the back when I do these things, but stick around. If you've already listened to the episode, you can cut to the ending, but I'd recommend listening to the whole episode again, because I'm going to be referencing stuff. But at the end of this episode, there's about another 20 minutes. I'm recording this intro after I just recorded the outro, because I figured <laughs> figured it was going to be a long run. Stick around and listen to the end of this episode. First off, I want to give a shout out to Hoots Cheech. He's the one who recommended me doing this story. So go ahead and give Hoots a salute. Go ahead and listen to the episode. I'm going to add something to the end. I'm going to add an outro to the end. If you've already listened to the episode, you can jump to the end. This isn't a gimmick to get more listens or runtime or anything like that. So jump to the end. Otherwise, enjoy this episode. Episode 242. The multiverse abides. President Trump talks about UFOs, and nobody knows how to take it. And then we take a look at a particularly bizarre near-death experience. No tunnel of light, no loved ones inviting someone to the other side or telling them it's not your time. No. This man who almost died saw the multiverse itself. And it was angry. Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day too. You know, last week, it was supposed to be Alien Week. I was going to do a whole week of aliens. The problem is, I spent all day Monday talking about fat witches. And I do have to make, I don't often make corrections on this show. But I do have, there was a joke I told in that episode, which I didn't think was fair. I was thinking about it as I was walking home from work today. I told a joke, and I said that Wiccan magic system was the equivalent of a shoddily produced, poorly lit Lifetime movie of the week. And that is, and this is not a joke, that is actually unfair to Lifetime movies. Because a lot of Lifetime movies actually are fairly intriguing. I've seen a lot of them throughout my life. And I started, as I was walking home, I was thinking, that's really not fair because Lifetime movies, people put a lot of work into that stuff as opposed to a completely made-up magical system. So I apologize to anyone I offended who makes Lifetime movies for that joke. And I spent the whole time talking about, like, overweight, whether or not being overweight makes you more magical and all sorts of stuff. I wasn't able to do my themed week. So this week we're doing it. So we have even more alien-themed stories for you this week. I'm going to let you know, if alien, if you find aliens particularly creepy, see you next week. Because I found some of the creepiest alien stories, or and definitely the most intriguing alien stories. But not every segment's going to be about aliens, like today is actually a fairly lighthearted one. And then we're going to do another story about the multiverse. But each episode this week will contain one alien story that will send chills up your spine. So, but let's go ahead and get it started with our first story here. Now, our first story is the story of President Trump and the aliens. Now, that story sounds awesome, but it's a little, little more nuanced than that. 
So, and I'm going to read you the full quote, the full quote of the interview going on here. George Stephanopoulos, reporter, was interviewing President Trump, and it, it was a segment from an interview for, like, Good Morning America, or the Today Show, or something like that. And so, you can tell I've done my research on this, but I did have, I did have to watch this video multiple times, because I wanted to get exactly what Trump said. Because a lot of times, it's the content, when, when it comes to President Trump and he's saying stuff, a lot of times you need the context because otherwise you just pull out a particular sentence and you're like, what in the world? And then sometimes even with the context, you're like, what in the world? But you want to have the context for this. A lot of the articles are just picking particular sentences. George Stephanopoulos asks, it's at the end of an interview and George Stephanopoulos is ending this interview by saying, well, we don't agree on that. But I do have one more question to ask you. This is a, this is a paraphrase, but he goes, one more question to ask you. You have access to all this information and you know all of these mysteries. Have you been briefed on the recent sightings of UFOs? And Trump says, this is his exact quote. I have, I have. I think it's probably, I want them to think whatever they think. They do say, I mean, I've seen and I've read and I've heard and I did have one very brief meeting on it. But people are saying they're seeing UFOs. Do I believe it? Not particularly. Then George Stephanopoulos asks, do you think you'd know if there was evidence of extraterrestrials? This is really cool to see this type of interview happening. This is really kind of cool. And Trump's response was, well, I think our great pilots would know. And some of them really see things that are a little bit different than in the past. So we're going to see, but we'll watch it and you'll be the first to know. Interview ends, shake hands, and so on and so forth. I can't recall. I know that, you know, there's been that tape where Reagan was like, I think sometimes the only thing that would unite humanity is a threat from beyond the stars. People always saw that as a veiled reference to aliens. I think it was just part of that thing during the Cold War. Like, the only thing that's going to get anyone to come together is an external threat. I don't think he was actually saying there were aliens out there. I I can't recall another time a president has been so blunt which shouldn't surprise me that it's Trump, but I don't think I can recall a time that a president's ever been so blunt when it comes to something. Because here's the thing. Either they don't exist at all, and you, these highly trained pilots and their billions of dollars worth of equipment are wrong, which is troubling, or they exist and the president of the United States doesn't know that they exist, which is troubling. Or that they exist and the President of the United States is lying to the American public and have been lying to the American public for 50 years through omission. They're not saying Reagan and Bush and Eisenhower didn't come out and say, yes, there's aliens floating around and we have to fight them. I know Eisenhower made some questionable comments about him as well, but it's all, it's all fairly troubling. Either it's all made up and people have wasted their entire lives looking for these things or so on and so forth. So to have a president to be so blunt and... Someone goes, do you believe in UFOs? And he kind of looks at him and goes, not particularly. <laughs> I mean, that's just kind of it. And, you know, there's been some... I am, I'm doing a big story on the Navy sighting. There's been a lot of stuff that's come out. And I know we all know about that. The Navy sighting, maybe don't know about it. There was, back a couple years ago, there was a sighting of this little Tic Tac that popped up on radar and it was flying around and the fighter jet was chasing it. And the fighter jet's like, what is this thing? That's really been brought to the fore. It's been leaked and it's really been brought to the forefront. And I talked about it briefly couple episodes back but it's been brought to the forefront i finally want to finish that sentence recently and the navy has um is now investigating ufos there is a whole backstory to that that i discovered through a series of articles there's a whole backstory to that that we'll be doing in a later episode it's not fitting on this week because it's taking a ton of research but you'll be surprised by the information i was surprised by the information there's a little teaser 
little teaser for an upcoming episode, probably next week. But don't take that story on face value because I've discovered some interesting stuff about that. So we have this president and you guys are like, do that story. Don't keep doing the Trump story. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. What I think is interesting about this is you have the president of the United States saying that he doesn't believe in UFOs. And normally they just kind of do like a wink and a nod type of thing. Like you never know. I know John Podesta, Hillary Clinton's uh, campaign advisor, was really into UFOs. He really wanted to get in there and start digging through the UFOs. And Hillary Clinton made some references about wanting to get to the bottom of UFOs. So, but it's it just there's a lot of interesting things to going on here because one, you have the president saying, "I don't think they're real." You have people who supported the president who are really deep into conspiracy lore really troubled by this because he was supposed to be the guy who was going to bring out all this information and expose all of these secrets and here's this guy saying i don't believe in him and on the flip side you have the media going we're supposed to disagree with trump on everything how do we disagree with this and all of the articles where they talk about this they go but you know also trump may be wrong because the navy just opened this ufo thing so maybe trump doesn't know and it's Basically was making my head spin. But there, what's so, there's, the UFO thing, it's funny and it's interesting and it's, the fallout of it on both sides of the political aisle are kind of weird. And really, it's almost a non-story other than the fact that it's funny and goofy. But there's an interesting component that is not being discussed in this video. And maybe it's just me because I had to watch it 20 times to get the transcript. Body language. Now, I'm not a body language expert by any means, but body language. You have George, the, the, the interview that was pre, that hasn't been aired yet, and it was just about politics and stuff like that, so I wouldn't discuss it anyways. But you have George Stephanopoulos ending this interview with President Trump. And it starts off with him saying, well, we won't agree on that, but let me ask you another question. And Donald Trump's body language is fairly combative. I don't know what they were talking about before. Probably something he didn't like. And as George Stephanopoulos is starting the question, and again... You're being interviewed. You ha you're being interviewed by somebody who you feel is combative towards you. You have no idea what. I used to be a journalist. I guess I kind of still am with the show, but I used to sit down and interview people all the time. And you do try to come up with with sidewinders, with gotcha questions. So you never know what a reporter's going to ask you. Reporters and lawyers are not your friends if they want something from you. So. George Stephanopoulos is starting this question and he's going, you know, you know the mysteries, you have access to this information, and Trump does not know where this question is going. And as George Stephanopoulos continues to kind of weave his way to what he wants to get to, which is UFOs, and he's like, you know, the mysteries of things you have. Donald Trump's body language gets very, very rigid. Like, you can tell he does not want to answer whatever question is going to be asked. And once Stephanopoulos mentions UFOs, he gets a big smile on his face, his body language relaxes, and he begins. his hands are animated, and he is answer, answering very freely and off the cuff as he does. What question was he worried about Stephanopoulos asking? The fact that Donald Trump doesn't believe in UFOs, it doesn't surprise me at all. Donald Trump doesn't seem like the type of guy who, who f goes off on flights of fancy of speculative stuff. My bigger question is what question was he worried about being asked about mysteries that he would have the answer to? That's what I want to hear. UFO story was funny and it was cute and it threw everyone into a tizzy.
But what made Donald Trump, what made the President of the United States so nervous that involved the mysteries of the world? But let's go ahead and move on to our next story. Now, our next story is really interesting. Our next story is something that I'd been wanting to cover since I heard about it, but I had to get all my ducks in a row to do it. Near-death experiences are one of those things that can never really be verified until they happen to you. It's one. Of, it's basically, it's, it's a couple levels above hearing about somebody's dream because it's related to something, you know, hearing people talk about their dreams is like probably the most torturous thing possible. When someone's like, hey, I had this crazy dream last night, unless it really is absolutely shocking and crazy. It's usually, and I don't know why, I think there's some sort of intrinsic thing where people don't like hearing about other people's dreams because nobody likes it, it's not just me. But near-death experiences are kind of like that, although they are intriguing because there's something where somebody had a tragic event and then they said they saw this thing and then they're alive and you're like, well, that's an interesting thing, but it's still something that you can never really verify yourself. So I guess it's way above that. I would much rather hear near-death experiences, but not saying I want a bunch of people to die, almost die, and then come to me and tell me stories, but generally there's a lot of similarities between them leaving your body and the tunnel of light. And seeing loved ones come and either say, you know, like, it's not your time, you need to stay here, and so on and so forth. So it's not something that I, I've read a lot about when I in my youth. But at a certain point, I'm like, this is all kind of the same. And then I've heard near-death experiences where people go to hell and stuff like that. But even those kind of lost their luster after a while. I'm like, you went to hell? So lame. But, I mean, I'm not... These people went through horrific events. But when I found this one, I thought, not only... This is going to be a weird one, guys. Not only is this an intriguing near-death experience, it seems oddly familiar. Oddly familiar. Let's see if you think the same thing. This is a story from a man who posted this to a website about near-death experiences. So right there, you have to think, maybe he's just making it up because he wants to be on this website. And he goes through the rigmarole saying, I didn't want to write this, but a friend knew about this website. He encouraged me to write this, and I'm writing it. So just a disclaimer, this could all be made up. This could all be made up. It could all be fan (laughs) near-death experience fan fiction. Just a disclaimer. That being said, let's go into this. It was July 15th. You know what? Actually, I think the easiest way to do this story is I'm going to say like it is my experience. But it wasn't. So I don't want anyone to think that I experienced this in any way, shape, or form. This I'm reading this basically as if I experienced it. But this dude did. This unnamed guy did. So again, this isn't a personal story. I never experienced this. Don't think that I did. But And it's not going to be like a super dramatic reading where I was like, I sobbed. I sobbed so... It's not going to be like that. So anyways, July 15th, 2003. I was going to work. Now, by my house, on the way to work, there's an intersection that actually is quite dangerous. There's been a lot of accidents there over the years. And I knew it was dangerous. I knew it was dangerous, and I always was very careful when I was making a turn, when I was making a right-hand turn, because I knew the left lane was fairly hard to see, and a lot of cars got plowed into while they were making a right-hand turn. And it's just a normal four-way intersection. There's a large field to one side, neighborhoods off to the other sides, and so on and so forth. But this day, I was particularly harried because I had a very, very important business meeting I was late to and stuff was falling through and the whole deal was in jeopardy. So as I was approaching that intersection, the last thing I was thinking about 
was how dangerous it had been in the past for other people. And I go and I make that right hand turn and I look and there was a car coming right at me. It had to be going at least 90 miles an hour, at least. And I, it flashed in my head, I'm dead. And I saw the look on his face. I saw the look on the driver's face of the other car. That's how close he was to hitting me. I've never forgotten what that, that, that man's expression was. Terrifying. And then time lost all meaning. And it's really hard to explain because it's not like it slowed down or stopped. It just didn't matter. Didn't matter. And that's when I notice off in the field, that large empty field, I saw what appeared to be a water wheel. So like, you know, those big water wheels that go, you know, like they use for mills. You know, it's a big circle with the paddles on it. Like they're on a paddle boat, but this one, like water hits it each time. And I'm not I'm not doing a bit here. I'm trying the best way to explain it. It's a water wheel. So basically the water hits the bottom of it and it turns it. So it hits another spoke and it turns it and hits another spoke and it's constantly turning, churning the water. It's what appears to be that. Now, I'm not saying specifically that's exactly what it was, but that's how my mind interpreted this thing. It was a water wheel and it was off in the field. And just by looking at it, I could tell it was massive and it was moving towards me. I'm looking at it, and it had to be at least 10 stories tall. Just this giant water wheel just moving across the field. And you go, so is the car in front of you stopped? Are the birds flying around stopped? Have you not been in the car accident? Time doesn't matter. There's neither the stop of time nor the slowdown of time. It simply doesn't exist. And this water wheel is moving across the field. And it's not a 10-story tall water wheel. It's the size of a small city, and it's on top of me now. I know what it is. I knew what it was from the moment I saw it. It, I knew when I saw it, I had seen it before I was born, and I was seeing it now that I was dying. What this was, was everything. And we've all seen it we all saw it before we were born we will all see it before we die and i had a weird sense of familiarity with this alien force that i was now swept up in it hits me and i felt myself sucked into the paddle of one of these wheels and in each of these wheels the water which is the best way I can describe it. I'm not saying that it was made of wood. It actually had a structure, but it simply was a universal force that my mind interpreted in the way a human mind would interpret these things. I am swept up into this paddle, and in this paddle is water. But the water is an ocean, and the ocean is a reality. And I realize in that moment when I'm swept up in that paddle, what has happened. I was not supposed to die in this intersection. The universe was there to correct the mistake. I now understood everything about... The next thing I know, I'm in another paddle. Another universe. And I have forgotten everything I learned 
in the last universe. And I'm trapped in this churning mass of water. And I realize that the universe is trying to sort it out. That I was not supposed to die in this intersection. That somehow this water wheel, this thing that we know of before we live, before we die, was trying to correct this. And now I understand why I'm... And the next thing I know, I'm back in another water paddle. And every time I ended up in another water paddle, I lost all knowledge previously gained from the last one. At this point, I'm panicking. Because I realize that something is wrong with reality. And every time I start to make a realization, every time I start to try to figure things out and actually learn about the reality that I'm in that led me to that point in that water wheel, I'm violently thrust into the next reality and have to start the journey over again trying to figure out what is going on. I can't, it's not like my consciousness was being destroyed each time. It was such an alien experience that I can't even really put it into words. Now, when I first go into the water wheel, I see my car destroyed. And I'm trying to figure things out, and I'm trying to put things together, exactly what's going on. And then I'm thrust into the next water wheel, and my car is destroyed. And I'm trying to see these things and trying to figure it out. But from what I can piece together with what limited fragments of memory I have left, there were parts of the water wheel that were not close to the reality that I started off in. Things seemed so different, I couldn't comprehend them. Now, around this time, which is a hard word to use in a story like this, but I realized that... This multiverse, this everything, it didn't exist outside of space-time. It was a space-time. Was relentless. I was an error in the programming. I was not supposed to have died. And it was based, I felt like it was giving me a choice. That I needed to pick a reality to go into to correct the error. I knew if I picked a reality where I died in that car crash, I would go into that car, I would bleed out, die, and that water wheel would come start moving across that field again. And that scared me more than anything. The idea that if I picked wrong, this whole process would start over again and I'd have to learn all these lessons again. That frightened me more than anything. So it was giving me a choice, but it wouldn't let me choose death. But... I had the feeling that if I did not choose something soon, it would choose a reality for me. And who knows where that would be? Who knows where I would end up? Because it seemed that, again, can't really use this word, but the longer this process went on, the realities became less and less recognizable to what I knew. But at some point, I started to recognize the realities again. Kind of similar. Less alien than the ones that I had gone through previously. These ones seemed right. And the next thing I knew, I was slowly driving down that road towards that intersection. Hadn't crossed it yet. No other driver, nothing. And as I came up to the stop sign, I slowly hit the brakes. Went to the stop sign. 
and waited for the other car to roar past the 90 miles an hour. There was no car. There was no other driver. I did not die that day. How many times have you almost died? Like, the weird thing is, is there have been times where I go, man, I almost died. Like, I I think I told you this story before. Apparently, and I'm not 100% sure on this because my doctor and my mom have two different opinions, but apparently I had a heart attack when I was born and they had to bring me, they had to like do a little baby, clear. They were like using like a nine volt battery and just poking me, licking it and then poking me in the chest. My mom says that didn't happen, but my medical reports do. I go, well, mom, maybe they didn't tell you, but she's like, I'm pretty sure they would tell me if my baby was getting like, see, like they're doing little press compressions on little Jason. But there are so many times like that that may not have happened, but there are other times where I go, man, I almost died, like car accidents and things like that. And you think how many times that I didn't die. Like, didn't even know I was going to die. Like, I'm sitting here in this chair, and then, like, a small airplane crashes into my apartment. But it didn't happen. And I would never know it was going to happen. Does that happen? Do you almost die? I mean, you could almost die every single day. Car almost hits you. Blimp. (laughs) Blimp attack. Angry blimp terrorists dropping other blimps on top of you. Whole host of things. Slipping in your shower. And he remembers his whole experience. Well, not every experience, but he remembers the experience. He doesn't remember each version of the wheel, but he remembers the wheel itself for whatever reason, which almost seems like an other glitch in the system that he even remembers this happened. Does that water wheel come for us all at the end? Do, when we die, do we join the wheel? Do we go to heaven or hell? Do we join our loved ones? Do we become part of a greater universe? Or is the theory of quantum suicide where we simply don't die, we shift to a reality where we survived that event. Is that what the water wheel does for everybody? And no one ever dies. And every time you see someone die, they're simply dying in your reality, but in another reality, they live on. Do people we see as 80 years old, 90 years old on their deathbed who pass away, do we see them older in our timeline, because that's how our brain is structured, But in their primary timeline, they're still young and healthy. They simply shift and start the learning process all over again. The water wheel may be reality itself. It may be a correcting mechanism for reality. It could be the delusion of a man. It could be a daydream. But one thing's for certain. One thing's for certain. We'll never know the answer. Because even if we figured it out, we most likely just got slotted into another dimension where we never saw the wheel itself. Just a vague, comforting memory of the time we realized death is not the end of us. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio. Twitter is at Jason O. Carpenter. Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great one, guys.
Okay, we're back. This is the outro. I'll be completely honest. I'm not for sure what the word abides means. It's so funny. Just when I said that title, I was like, what? Like, I'm, I, the reason why I titled it the... This is the behind-the-scenes stuff that I hope you guys enjoy. The reason why I titled it The Multiverse Abides is because the book, The Earth Abides. So I assume... I, I should check that out. Now nah, I'm too lazy. I've already... This is supposed to be my week off. And yesterday's episode, I recorded a 20-minute outro. I need to take a break. But I'm pretty sure abides means last the long... Th- ah, never mind. I'm going to look it up. Hold on. I, I'm going to guess it means um, is around for a while. Nope. Oh, this is interesting. Wait, what? Abide. You like this behind the scenes? You like this behind the scenes art? I'm reading definitions. Abide. Accept or act in accordance with. I would say I would abide by their decision. Informal. Be unable to tolerate. I cannot abide it. So what does that mean? The multiverse abides? I guess that would work because the multiverse... Oh, wait, no. So I titled this episode The Multiverse Abides because of the classic novel The Earth Abides. By author... And the reason why I chose the word abides is because it actually means it's unable to tolerate something. In this case, the multiverse is unable to tolerate the narrator. How's that for a save? I probably could have just had that if I hadn't added the whole part where I'm Googling it. But that was true. I didn't know what the word abides means. Obviously. So... This was an interesting episode. It's an interesting episode for a couple different reasons. And yes, I'm going to talk about the Trump UFO thing in a second because we have new news on that. But let's talk about the structure of the episode first off. This is one of the main reasons why I don't do in-jokes or callbacks. You you guys should know, if you've been listening to the podcast for a long time, I will li- I will do callbacks in the same episode. So sometimes... I recently had a, there was a guy named Stevens. There's a guy named Stevens who was masturbating on a woman's keyboard or something like that. He popped up in the second story. Like, I'll do callbacks within within the same episode. Sometimes I'll do callbacks within the same week. But this is why I tend not to. Because if you had just listened to episode 242, you'd be like, what is he talking about fat witches? Now, I'm going to recommend listening because I actually was, this is one of the, if you listen to the episode, it is super weird. It's one of those observational things that I've seen over the years myself, but I don't remember the actual episode. I had to look it up. It's episode 237, Are Fat People Powerful Wizards? And this is the description. Today, we were about to cover two topics. So I'm assuming I got, I had something planned and I just got uh, distracted halfway through one of the topics, but Today we were about to cover two topics, but instead talked about weight-gaining witches, which is something that I've observed over the years, weight-gaining witches, fat people magic, and how to create a voodoo doll for weight loss from toilet paper. So I vaguely know what I'm talking about in that last sentence, but that episode sounds super intriguing. But let's say that episode 242 was the first episode you ever heard of Dead Rabbit Radio. Let's say that a friend recommended, hey, checking out the show and you just landed on that episode, you'd have no idea what the first five minutes were. You're like, what? And it's funny, it's a joke, and I actually was apologizing to people who make Lifetime movies, because I do watch a lot of Lifetime movies. I have been watching a lot lately. It was funny, 
And I did want to apologize, but did I necessarily have to put it in the beginning of that episode? Does it work in any fashion if you didn't know what I was talking about? There's no context to it. That's why I don't do... And when I was listening to this, I was like, oh my God, this is kind of cringy. During the week, it worked. And it's okay to throw in an in-joke there. The other day, I said we landed in a brad in the middle of the woods. A brad is a broad clearing in a forest been talking about brads earlier in the week that's fine if you didn't know the joke you'd go what what's a brad in the forest you wouldn't even know it was an inside joke you might think i just mispronounced something which i never do but in that one case you may think i mispronounced something in this case if that was the first episode you listened to you'd be like what in the hell is this guy talking about it's a bad callback i think it's funny again i think it's funny and but i think it has its place maybe later in the episode I could could have figured something else out. On a create, if you're doing creative stuff, music's a bit different, kind of. Um, but every with podcasters, I always give this advice to podcasters. Every episode is someone's first episode. Podcasts that are very uh, in joke heavy are very hard to get into. The existing fans love them because it feels like they're part of a community. Hey, macaroni, let's all go down to the train. There we're going to meet a little man. You all know his name. Hi, everybody. And if you're an existing, you like that, that's, this show could have become that. I think the most quote-unquote in-joke thing I have are the vehicles, and those aren't even funny. Like, I, get, I mean, it's kind of funny. Like, we need a mode of transportation. It's something that popped up. It wasn't in the original episodes, but early on, I started talking about the Carpenter Copter. If you've never heard an episode before and I say, Hey everyone, let's hop inside the Jason Jalopy. You know my name, because I say it at the beginning of the episode. If you listen to the podcast, you're like, oh, Jason Carpenter, Carpenter Copter, Jason Jalopy, Dead Rabbit Dune Buggy, Dead Rabbit Dreadnought, Dead Rabbit, the Rabbit Rowboat. The- these aren't in-jokes. Imagine if they were called the Hansmobile. The people who know who Hans are, God bless you, would laugh. But other people would be like, wait, why is it called a Hansmobile? That doesn't make any sense. So th- that I listen to a lot of podcasts that are in-joke heavy. And I remember I was listening to a podcast that's very in-joke heavy, and I remember I was probably 30 episodes into it, and it was funny, because I knew what the joke was, but I remember thinking, oh man, if I this was my first episode, I'd have no idea what was going on. So that was, even before I started doing a podcast, I realized that every episode is someone's first episode. Actually, I think it was, that's not original, I think that was either, it was one of the editors of Marvel Comics said that. I think that's where I picked that up from. One of the editors of Marvel Comics said, one of you other comic nerds out, I'm a big comic book nerd. I haven't read comic books in a long time, but I miss them. That's one of the things I really miss, but it's not like they've been destroyed during the nuclear holocaust. My little brother actually said I should check out the Power Rangers comic book. He said they're doing some good stuff over at Boom. But what was I talking about? <laughs> this is this general this is pretty much how I am in real life. The podcast itself gets more edited. Uh, this will be slightly edited, but what was I talking about? Comic books? Um, oh, 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 so there was a Marvel editor who said his his demand to the writers of the comic books was every issue is someone's first issue. So in every issue, you had to have Wolverine be like, ah, that's nothing for my healing factor. There would be people who had never known that. You didn't have to go out of the way. They didn't have to go, you know, like, Professor X, how'd you get in a wheelchair? And each, he has to go on for that, but... He goes, every issue is someone's first issue. Every podcast is someone's first podcast. So that's a very long-winded way to talk about that. I don't like the placement of that. I probably, going Looking back, I probably didn't need to do it. It was kind of a funny bit. I did feel bad about people who work on Lifetime movies. Like, there, that was a true reason why I did that. But 
it was a bad place for it. The episode, it's funny because the bulk of the episode, The Multiverse Abides, stands on its own. It really does stand on its own. I think Hoots Cheech, again, when he recommended this, I go, I remember that episode. I remember that story. It's one of those great stories. But you'll notice that I did something in this episode that I very rarely do. And I told it first person. And it's funny because when I was re-listening, I just listened to this episode really not too long ago. That was the first thing that um, caught my ear. I remember when I was recording it, I originally didn't do it that way. Because there's a lot of times there's rough drafts. I record it pretty much in one shot. Generally, when I sit down, I don't get up till it's recorded. And sometimes it's like trying to fit a hammer through a eye of a needle. I don't know if that's an analogy, but it's hard sometimes. And sometimes I'll do multiple takes and things like that. And this one I remember saying, and then he was driving down the road. And then he almost hit the car, but the car kept going. And then the wheel showed up and blah, 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 blah. And it wasn't working. It was it, The only way you could tell this story was first person. It would have been way too abstract and it would have put you and me out of the story if I was like, and then the guy's flipping in the wheel. We had to be in the wheel with him to really get this story. So by me being in the wheel, that brought you into the wheel. But that was a controversial decision and I can't think of many other stories that didn't actually involve me that I use first person. This may be alone. Mormon Bigfoot, because I'm reading that guy's exact words. That is, but again, I'm reading from like his journal. I actually went back in time and got his journal from Bigfoot. Generally, though, a guy is driving down the road and a ghost walks out with one leg. I very rarely, I can't really think of another time. So I'm driving down the road with my buddy and I see a ghost. Like, it just doesn't work. But this story could only be done that way. I remember I started to record it as if I was telling a, a, a story, like a third person story. And I remember halfway through being like, this is garbage and it doesn't work at all. So I had to reformat it. Let's go ahead, though. So I think that they really, I mean, that was the behind the scenes thing. Other than that, it's a terrifying story. It's one of those stories that I think, I, I guess I'm not done talking about it. It's a terrifying story. It's one of those stories that I kind of makes you think you're, uh, it's a little, it makes you more afraid of death. This is so chaotic, isn't it? It's so chaotic. It's not like this peaceful light. It's this swirling machination of the universe. So, yeah, it was really a chilling story. But at the same time, if you're a fan of reincarnation or quantum suicide, it's, it's I guess, heartwarming. Yeah, heartwarming. You <laughs> can warm in you. Heartwarming. I think that um, if he hadn't remembered any of it and it was just like, oh, I was driving, I thought I died, I had a flash of an alternate life, and the next thing I know, I was there. That would be fine, but the idea of just the, the cold, mechanized violence, the uncaring universe spinning you around, shuffling you, it was very violent imagery. But a very, very good story. Let's talk about Donald Trump and UFOs. I actually had thought about covering this on the episode, doing an episode on this, but um, I was like, no, you know, we, we talked about it before. I didn't remember what episode it was, so Hoots Cheech really knocked it out of the park by picking... All the Patreons picked great episodes this week, but Hoots Cheech, um, when I was listening to this episode, I go, oh, that's the episode I talked about. It'll be great. I can wrap this story up. Once again, Donald Trump was asked about UFOs, and once again, Donald Trump gave a very Donald Trump-esque answer that left everyone kind of scratching their heads. So let's take a look at this. October 11th, he was being interviewed on Fox News by a Maria Barry Tromo. It was like a, I believe, a Fox business show. It's called like Sunday Morning Futures. I don't think they were having like procrastinators, not procrastinators, prognosticators. I don't think they were having fortune tellers there. It was supposed to be that joke if I knew that word. 
But Maria asks Trump about the Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon Task Force. We've talked about it on the show. It's been in the news a lot. That's the Department of Defense's organization, group. They're looking at what we would call UFOs. They don't call them UFOs. They call them Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon. Which makes sense because that would include clouds and all sorts of stuff. Like it's not actually a flying object. That's probably the difference. But anyway, so she asks, this is, I'll read this just like I did earlier in this quote, because you kind of have to take Trump, you, uh, you kind of have to read his words. You don't want to take stuff and pick stuff because then it really doesn't make sense. She says, Mr. President, as we wrap up here, are there UFOs? This is his response. Well, I'm going to have to check on that. I mean, I've heard that. I heard that two days ago. So I'll check on that. I'll take a good, strong look at that. I will tell you this. We now have created a military the likes of which we've never had before in terms of equipment. The equipment that we have, the weapons that we have, and hopefully, hope to God we never have to use them. Russia, China, they're all envious of what we have. All built in the USA. We've rebuilt it. 2.5 trillion. As far as the other question, I'll check on it. I heard about it two days ago, actually. So that's why we have to read it in context, because there's basically two things going on here that I've seen a lot of conspiracy theorists um, blend together, and, and he separates it. If we took out that last sentence, it sounds like he's talking about, yeah, I've heard UFOs exist. I heard that two days ago, and I'll get back to you on that. By the way, the United States has weapons that Russia and China don't have, mighty weapons, great weapons. We've never had before in terms of equipment, things like that. And then he goes, and so I've seen stuff on a bunch of conspiracy forums. Did he just announce that we have like alien tech? Is he letting Russia and China know that we have alien tech? We have these weapons that have never been seen, but that's not what he says. And reading the whole quote, you can clearly see what it says. I can easily take two sentences out of that. I can say, well, I'm going to have to check on that. I mean, I've heard that. I will tell you this, we now have created a military the likes of which we've never had before. You see how just by eliminating a sentence, you have the idea that Trump is disclosing alien tech to Russia and China. That's not what he's doing. Obviously, this is what President Trump does. He will start saying something. I do it too. And I think most people do it and they don't realize how much they do it. Now that I record myself all the time, I realize I actually have to edit it out a lot. Well, and you guys have heard it during this outro. I'll start talking, I'll get sidetracked, start talking about something else, and then I'll bounce back to the original topic. That's what he's talking about. He's like, oh, UFOs again. Yeah, sure. He starts answering the UFO question. Yeah, yeah, I'll figure that out. And then, since he's he's since he's like on television, he's going to talk trash to Russia and China. He's going to talk about $2.5 trillion of new military equipment. And then he goes, oh, yeah, yeah. But back to the other question. Let's talk about, yeah, I'll, I'll, I heard that two days ago. So there's a clear, he's, he's not connecting the two. He's not connecting the two at all. And I can tell you one of the ways we can tell where he's not connecting the two is that when he says that they were built in the USA and they cost $2.5 trillion, if it was alien tech, I don't think it would be built in the USA. I definitely don't think it would cost $2.5 trillion because it's alien tech. Right? It's free. If we're getting it off spaceships, we don't really need to go to Lockheed Martin. I guess if you're selling the ion disruptor to Lockheed Martin or donating it to them or whatever, you give it to them and they fix it up and then charge you for it, like, you just use the disruptor on them. You're like, here's your payment, Mr. Lockheed and Mr. Martin. They're like, no, 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 I'm just CEO. So it's not my last name. But anyways, people are going to believe what they want to believe. People, I believe everyone has the capacity to change their mind. 
I believe everyone has the capacity to see new information. and Because we see it happen the other way, right? We see people who are fairly rational people start believing that they can stare at the sun. Or start believing in flat earth or something like that. And you're like, oh, yeah, I went to high school with the guy. I went to the college with the guy. He was pretty well put together. And now they start talking about NASA and oranges and all sorts of craziness. See, that's an inside joke. You can have rational people become crazy. So I believe, and I know for a fact that you can have crazy people, crazy in exclamation points, believing that reptilians are taking over the planet is a crazy belief. I don't think that makes you a crazy person. But you can have someone go, oh, yeah, yeah, I was wrong. But it's really hard to, because like I, I've talked about this several times on the show, I used to be a big conspiracy theorist. I used to believe 9-11 was an inside job. I never believed that reptilians were taking over the planet, but I did believe, and I do believe there's probably alien activity on the planet and stuff like that. As much as I poo-poo reptilians, there, there's probably a reptilian race out there. We have enough UFO encounters with them. I'm not poo-pooing the idea of reptilians. I'm not even poo-pooing the idea of them being on planet Earth. I just don't think the Queen of England's one of them. But I did believe in a bunch of conspiracy theories, and I stopped. And the thing is, is that the more you put it on Facebook that you believe in this insane conspiracy theory, and people are mocking you, the harder it is for you to walk back from that. Because then eventually you're going to be like, oh, I was wrong. Your, your fear is that your friends on Facebook are going to be like, we told you so. So you start doubling down rather than being like, oh, that was... If you make a bad investment in a business and it fails, you go, oh, I probably could have run the business better, but... the business failed. You don't keep investing money into the ruins of a store. Someone else buys your business and you're like giving them money, investing money. That's not how it works. There's a lot of things that we do walk away from a bad relationship. Someone who's super toxic. Eventually you were in love with them at some point, but it just wasn't working out. And some people keep putting gas on that fire. It gets bigger and bigger. But generally when you walk away from it, you walk far away from it. When it comes to conspiracy theory or really beliefs of any kind, when people confront you about it, you tend to double down on them. When you find information that is contradictory to what you believe, you can double down on it or you can start believing that stuff. And then um, you just kind of go from there. But it is hard to admit. It wasn't hard for me, honestly. I was like, oh, that was dumb. I believed all that stuff. That was dumb. And I may do that for conspiracy theories I believe in the future. Like, I am still enjoy conspiracy theories. I still believe in conspiracy theories. But not... Dumb ones. (laughs) But see, that's funny because 10 years from now, I I might be like, oh, dude, I can't believe that I thought Lady Gaga was a murderer. I don't know. It's going to take a while. This is going to take a while. But you know what I mean? Like, I I could be swayed on that. She's she's coming up behind me with a knife. She's like, say I'm not a murderer. I was like, you're not a murderer. So, you know, who knows? Who knows? That one's so weird. But my point is, is that I've totally lost my... This is a perfect example. I was originally talking about Donald Trump and UFOs, and then I went off on this weird tangent. So you could easily edit that up to me saying that Donald Trump admitted 9-11. You know what I mean? But that's how people's brains are. I don't even know... I don't even know where I was going with that. But I do believe people can change. That's the thing. I do people believe people can change. People who believe... That's fine if you believe that alien... Te- governments may have alien technology. I'm not dismissing that. I don't think that's what Donald Trump was talking about. That's my thing, right? I don't think that... I believe that there's probably some form of alien technology in the hands of somebody, but I don't believe it's Lockheed Martin. And I don't believe that our current fighting forces are going to be running out in Veritech fighters anytime soon. 
So a hey, Donald Trump, Donald Trump is again, very blunt with the UFO thing. I mentioned this early in the episode, which I enjoy a lot of times. They're pretty coy with that type of stuff. It's funny. I just realized I always call it. That's how old I am. It's like, I don't know if I did it in the original segment, but now I call him Donald Trump all the time instead of president Trump, because I grew up with Donald Trump. Like that's how I knew him. I just didn't live down the street. Like, Hey, Mr. Trump. Oh, you can call me Donnie little man. It's just weird. Um, I am that old. But anyways, that, again, that's, that has nothing to do with anything I'm talking about. That's just how the human brain works. And you can edit and snip and cut. And, and now you, people can say, I'm Donald Trump. I used to live next to Donald Trump. You can figure out all sorts of ways to manipulate stuff. But manipulation or not, it is very interesting to have the president of the United States getting asked in mainstream media twice now by two high-level reporters about UFOs. I talk about it all the time. That's not how it was when I was a kid. UFOs were goofball subjects that only big weirdos believed in. Now you have George Stephanopoulos and Maria Barry Tromo on national television saying, do you believe in UFOs? And the president giving an answer. So whether or not you believe in alien disclosure or alien tech, that's really cool. The fact that this type of stuff is happening is really, really cool. Not just for... The idea of alien disclosure, but just for conspiracy theorists and fans of the paranormal, they need to start asking presidents about ghosts. They need to go up to President Trump and be like, it's October. It's spooky, spooky October. It's spooktober. Do you believe in ghosts or demons, dude? Wouldn't that be awesome to hear the president talk about? It? He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, totally. Totally believe in ghosts. There's a ghost right behind you. And then everyone in America turns around and Samara from the ring is standing behind you. That won't happen. That's my personal fear. I'm always afraid Samara's behind me. But you know what else I should put behind me? This. I'm going to tell you, not saying the podcast, but these bonus episodes are taking longer than the actual episode. But I really do need to limit my bonus episodes. This is my this is my week off. And yet I continue to talk. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash DeadRabbitRadio. Twitter is at DeadRabbitRadio. Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great one, guys.